Hello there, and welcome to the next episode of How Good It Is. It's the show that takes a closer look at songs from the rock and roll era, and we check out some of the stories behind those songs and the artists who made them famous. My name is Claude Cole, and if I do any more traveling, I am going to pick up an accent. Remember, please check out the website, howgooditis.com, and of course the Twitter and the Instagram, and naturally the Facebook page, which you can find over at facebook.com slash how good it is pod. Alrighty, I've got some trivia for ye right here, because this is where I do it, and this one's kind of a quickie. I want you to name the artist from the rock and roll era who has the greatest number of singles, none of which were written by that person. And I'm specifying the rock and roll era because, well, you could easily say, oh, well, Frank Sinatra has almost 300 singles, and that would be true, but it wouldn't be in the spirit of this show. So we're going to stick with our usual time bracket of the 50s through the 80s. Who released the most singles without having written any of the songs themselves? And in typical fashion, I will have the answer for you later on, maybe even before the show ends. This week's show comes to you courtesy of two, count them, two separate requests from two different listeners. I would give them a shout out, but they made their request through that listener survey, which is anonymous, so we're all out of luck on that one. So if you're one of those people, thank you so much. This one's for you. Now, last time around, we took a look at a bunch of songs that turned out to be covers, and since my research does a little bit of overlap between shows, I was both surprised and pleased to discover that this week's song is also a stealthy cover. So, let us turn back the clock to 1969 and the island of St. Croix in the Virgin Islands, where a young musician named Sherman Kelly is doing some gigs when he's accosted by a local gang. Now, as far as anyone can tell, Sherman is this gang's first victim. They beat him up and they left him with fractures all over and lacerations on on his face, and, and then they left him for dead. Sherman was very lucky, but eventually eight other people weren't so much. They died. Well, while Sherman was recovering from his injuries, he thought about what might have led to his attack and envisioned an alternate reality where life was peaceful and and celebrated with a kind of joy. And that kind of thinking led him to write a song. The joy he was looking to celebrate was very simple. And in a way, so was the song. And just in case you hadn't noticed, all of the song's lines, including the chorus, have that it rhyme scheme so that everything rhymes with light. It wasn't a unique way of doing it, but it's not common either, having absolutely every line rhyme like that. So, let's leave Sherman in that Caribbean hospital for a bit and turn our attention to the upstate New York of Ithaca, where a band named Buffalongo is trying to get their big break. We saw a dirty junkie on the bus and let me, let me tell you this, Bafalongo is obscure enough that the song you're listening to now, which is called Mr. Go Away, is a B-side from their second single. I couldn't find the A-side. That's how hard it is to find their stuff online anyway. It's not impossible, but it's, it's pretty tough. Anyway, among the members of Bafalongo, which had just released their first album, was a drummer named Wells Kelly. Now... Wells Kelly happened to be the brother of our injured musician friend Sherman Kelly. And so Wells convinced Sherman to join Buffalongo. And when they were looking for material to put on the band's second album, Sherman broke out the song he wrote while recuperating 
from the beatdown that he had taken in St. Croix. So in 1970, Sherman sang lead on his own composition, which was released as a single, but it didn't get a lot of attention. So like I said, the, the, the single didn't really do much of anything, and that was pretty much it for Buffalongo. The band broke up, but just a little bit, and I'll get to that in a minute. A year later, in 1971, Wells Kelly visited Paris to spend some time with the band King Harvest, of which a former Buffalongo, Dave Robinson, was a member. Kelly brought some albums with him from the United States, plus a copy of Buffalongo's recording of Dancing in the Moonlight. Now, Robinson thought it would be a good track for King Harvest, and they recorded the song with Robinson singing lead, plus a little bit more keyboard and, let's face it, better overall production values. We get it almost every night. And when that moon gets a big and bright, it's supernatural delight. Every So King Harvest had a huge hit with it, and everybody made a bazillion dollars, and now the entire band lives in the Caribbean where they hunt down the street gangs that beat up musicians, right? No, of course not. The record was released in Europe, but it didn't do anything at all, at all, again. After a few months, that group disbanded. King Harvest broke up, and that was pretty much it, until 1972, when an American label called Perception Records bought the record and released it again on a worldwide scale. Sure enough, this time it caught on, and it went to number 13 on the Billboard Hot 100. It still wasn't a huge hit internationally, despite the American success, but it did make the top 40 in uh, Italy, and it was top 5 in Canada. And that would have been pretty much it for this song, except that it did get a new life in the year 2000 when British band Toploader released their cover in February of that year as their third single, and it made it to number seven on the UK charts. Here's the funny thing, though. They probably wouldn't have released it as a single at all 
except for the fact that the song was used in a Sainsbury supermarket advertisement and people started requesting it. More recently, in 2007, this version was listed at number 17 on the BBC Three's list of the 100 most annoying pop songs we hate to love. The song has popped up a couple of places in pop culture, like the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack and a rather touching episode of The Middle. Oh, and the top-loader version can be heard in the movie A Walk to Remember. But there's one appearance in pop culture in particular that I want to call attention to. A while back, there was a TV miniseries called The 70s, wherein a character happens to be on hand during the recording of the song, but at that point, the lyric is singing in the moonlight, and she suggests that they change it to dancing in the moonlight, and they do, and the story's nonsense. As we already know from the Buffalongo version, it's always been dancing in the moonlight. Don't be fooled. So, what about that thing about Buffalongo not quite breaking up? Okay, you got me. They did break up, but Wells Kelly and guitarist Lance Hoppin wound up joining John Hall, who was Wells' old bandmate from before Buffalongo, to become the nucleus of the band Orleans. And this was their first big hit. It's titled Dance With Me. And now it's time to answer today's trivia question. Back on page two, I asked you to name the artist from the rock and roll era who has recorded and released the most songs without having written a song themselves. I, you know, when I first pondered this one, I thought about it for a while, and I, I figured the answer was going to be Linda Ronstadt, but it turns out I was wrong. Linda Ronstadt has released 59 singles by my count, 5-9, and she doesn't have a writing credit on any of them. But way, way ahead of her is, ready, Elvis Presley. He had 59 singles just in the 1960s, never mind during his entire career. During his lifetime, Elvis released 118 singles, 30 of them in the 1950s, and he was interrupted when he was drafted, 59 in the 60s, and 29 in the 70s up until he died in 1977. That brings us to 118, but there were another 33 singles that were released after he died, so count those as you will. And that's another full lid on yet another edition of How Good It Is. If you're enjoying the show, please take the time to share it with someone and maybe even leave a rating somewhere. Oh, before I go, I need to mention that the instrumental track I used earlier on called Tropical Traveler by Dell is licensed under a Creative Commons license. And you can read a little bit more about that at the website if you're so inclined. If you want to get in touch with the show, you can email me at howgoodpodcast at gmail.com or you can follow the show on Twitter or Instagram at how good it is. And you can also visit, like, and follow the show's Facebook page at facebook.com slash how good it is pot. And finally, you can check out the show's website, how good it is.com, where you might find a few extra bits. Thanks as ever to Podcast Republic for featuring the show. Hey, I'm showing up in, uh, in, in iTunes every now and then, which is nice to see. Cool. Thank you so much for listening. And I will talk to you next time. <laughs>